Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Join the conversation. Call 1-300-01-1170 or text 0457-736-736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome to the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Drew, welcome to another Sunday, my friend. Uh, an interesting one. You, I, I thought I saw you in the studio at Leichhardt last night with a little friend in there. I, yeah, we had a little visitor actually upstairs in the uh, in the stadium there at uh, at Leichhardt, just next to the comms box where the cameramen and the audio guys are set up. A little possum, a possum, a resident possum at the uh, Leichhardt grandstand. So, very, very friendly possum. You hand you hand fed the possum. Yeah, look, I'm not sure if the part of their regular diet is um, crisps, potato chips, Sakatars, or no, it was a potato chip, but he took it willingly and uh, and <laughs> and. Um, he then took an apple from one of the audio guys and went back down his little hole in yeah. the uh, in the floor and away he went. Then did, at one point he came into the commentary box also looking for a little bit more food. Did, but Sean Maloney had, wouldn't share. Sean, Sean wouldn't share his food. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, what, what about you, mate? You looked like a little bit of a possum set up there in the grandstand last night watching the uh, the New South Wales Waratahs. Yeah, if, if my voice is a bit coarse today, it's because I was uh, – yeah, shouting from the stands at Leichhardt. It's a, it's a great... It might have also had something to do with the 20 beers you dropped no, as well. No, 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 no. I, I, I wasn't like that last night, man. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I, I was a little disappointed in the result, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll, de- we'll deep dive into that a little bit more later with um, Super Rugby Rap, but also Absolutely. special guest. Special guest, Charlie Gamble, coming on yeah. to the show today. But before we get to Charlie... Who else we got, Drew? Well, we've got the uh, the Brumbies captain, Alan Alatoa, as well. He's going to be joining us in just uh, it's second sec, so make sure you hang around for that. Uh, really interested to see what um, you know what's coming out of the Brumbies camp, and also looking ahead because there's plenty on the horizon for the the Wallabies as well, which that man will most certainly be involved in. And absolutely, but I think um, there's probably some pretty big news that we need to we need to touch on, Jimmy. Absolutely. Instead of the tight five this week, we're delving, diving. Dipping straight into the Rugby World Cup 2027, a men's tournament landing here in Australia, 2029, the women's tournament as well. Some of the biggest news to come out of Australian rugby in maybe a quarter of a decade. We're, we're hosting the Rugby World Cup again, Drew. Yeah, look, it, it's huge. And it's, you know what, it's it's been needed really. Something like this, a real, you know, I hate to say it, but a real shot in the arm for the game, which yeah, has yeah. probably been, you know, um, needed for quite some time now. And it's, it's almost now locked in what could be, I know people are already saying that it is, but it could be a golden era for the Wallabies because we've got the British and Irish Lions as well. Oh, sorry, for Rugby Australia. We've British yep. and Irish Lions coming in 2025, yep. Men's World Cup 2027, Women's World Cup 2029. So there's a good opportunity. Now it's up to us to make sure we make the most of the opportunity because like we saw in 2003, we weren't so good at the the afters, the after the, yep. uh, the, the World Cup when we had plenty of money in the coffers and uh, – didn't do a great deal with it. Well, you, you look at the numbers. Over 2 million tickets are sold to a Rugby World Cup. 217,000 international visitors. 14,000 full-time equivalent jobs. 
10,000 volunteers, 2.8 billion in economic trade that bring, it brings in. It's a, it's the third biggest tournament in the Sporting world. Sporting event, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Second to the FIFA World Cup and FIFA World Cup and the Olympics. The Olympics. Yeah, yeah, Summer Olympics. Um, yeah, I mean, look at it. It's huge. And for the, like, the opportunity and good work and congratulations to Phil Kearns and his team. Yeah. Um, you know, he was leading the way in terms of getting the hosting rights and, uh, and getting the, the eventual outcome that we've all been wanting. And, um, you know, like a lot's been going on behind the scenes, um, you know, obviously trying to win over the Rugby World Cup powers to be, but also the other delegates and, and their voting constituents and um, and trying to get government on board. There's just so mm. much. This It's so layered. And, um, yeah, and Phil, Phil Kearns has been leading the way with his team and, uh, you know, huge congratulations to him. And also not just congratulations, but also thank you to him and his team as well because mm. as a rugby-loving nation and – and, and, you know, for me now, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the game as well as, uh, you know, a former player. And I just think it's it's absolutely wonderful that we're going to be able to see um, the pinnacle of our game, both men and women's, here on our own shores. The next generation of Wallabies and Wallaroos will be able to go out there and press the flesh and get their selfies and, and you know, and look up to these men and women that are representing us and, and aspire to be them one day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And... Uh... Look, it's going to be interesting. There's already discussions in the paper, what I'm reading here this morning, of Rugby Australia going into rugby league stocks yeah. and, and swapping Yeah, but who's that? that, that those, those articles are probably coming from the league journalists. Like <laughs> any, any, any opportunity to talk about rugby league, they'll take it. Uh, and oh. and to, to sort of over – just to try and dim the light that they're shining on <laughs> rugby union at the moment – I, look, I, I don't think we need to dip into rugby league too much. And if you do, maybe one or two players. But, you know, I think with the the, the the talent that we've got, obviously, here in Australia, coming through in Australia, but also offshore, we've got enough talent. We've just got to start loosening the shackles a little bit and start picking people that are actually Australian, mm. playing around the world, who are, you know, Wallabies and Wallaroos are the pinnacle of our game. They're the highest representative team that you can achieve. So pick the best players available. It's madness that yeah. we don't do it already. And another one for you, Drew. But sorry, just to go back onto that rugby league thing, I understand yeah. there's talk around you know the Joseph Sawalis, the well, young that, that, guys. That's, that, that's where that's where the talk's coming from. Joseph, Joseph yeah, but, Suwali, he's, he's, Will Penasini as well. Yeah, but they've made their decision, and this, this is the thing as well. I think a lot of people think, oh, we've lost another rugby union player to rugby league because they played rugby union at school and they go rugby league. It's actually that's a bit of a myth. We've got them on loan basically for five years. We're borrowing them from rugby league. We've got five years of their high school um, career or, or life to, to convert them back to rugby union. Because a lot of these young kids are coming to rugby union schools, GPS schools, under a rugby league contract from Rabbitohs, from the Roosters, from whoever else, because they know they get great facilities, uh, they get great resources because these schools are stacked with, you know, like the gyms and the all these types of things that they get. They get better, well-rounded humans come out of the back of those schools and they the, the exposure that they get to high-level um, footy, training, all this type of thing is better for these players in their long-term development. And then once they finish school, they get them back into their rugby league program. So they're not rugby league, rugby union players lost to rugby league. They're rugby league players that we've borrowed for five years, had a chance to convert them, failed to do so, they've gone back. So it's, sometimes it's just a false narrative that we keep hearing about rugby union. And I think that sometimes it's, um, you know, it, it – it comes across quite poor for rugby that we've lost another one, but really it's, it's, they're it's just they're, they're, they're flipping the, the narrative. System, they're already in the yeah. rugby league system. They're 13 years old with the 
Roosters or a Rabbitohs contract, and we've got a chance to convert them. Lost that chance, so they go, but they they stick with their their current contracts. A pair of uh, some some rather high profile rugby league converts we saw at the two thousand and three World Cup. Uh, they, there was a post during the week that they they might have been the best uh, <laughs> Australian winger pairing of all time. Lottie DeKiri and Wendell Saylor, good friends of yours. Good friends of mine, yeah. You didn't, and, you didn't like that one though, Drew, did well, you? Well, look, it, it was a post from my current employer, Stan. I just thought maybe that was just a bit of an, <laughs> bit of an oversight. There was also a guy in the background of that picture, Joe Roth. Yeah. That was probably, he'd probably have plenty of right to be disappointed not to be involved in that conversation. <laughs> um, ben, ben Chun. Ben Chun, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Ben Chun, Joe, like this, this, we've had been, we've had so many great, um, you know, even back to Campo and Edgerton, and there's, you know, so yeah. many, uh, so many great wingers that have played for Australia, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think you're just trying to wind me up, but look, they, they obviously <laughs> I'd never that, do that. They, they were two guys that were picked um, before the 2003 World Cup uh, came across, but also Matt Rogers was in that yeah. World Cup final team as well. Um, so, look, it, it can happen, but I also think sometimes, like. Rather than always just looking to, you know, to to honeypick some of the players from rugby league, let's if we do that, we've got to do it four years out. You can't do it a year or two before. Mm. Um, we've got to get them into right into the, the system early. And, in, in in the England yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, there there going to be obviously there's going to be um, some players that that are able to do so, and I think we're probably seeing that in Roger Tuivasa-Shek for the All Blacks. I yeah, think he'll be picked. Absolutely. There's going to be the odd player that's going to be capable of doing it, but I think largely let's let's focus on the people that we've got. And uh, and and pick our best team. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's exciting times. It's going to be an exciting team coming into that Rugby World Cup. Australia's in a good spot after a Lions tour as well. Bit of an injection into Australian rugby that uh, I think we need at the moment. And let's just hope that the, the likes of Rugby Australia really use that money well. Well, look, I, I hope also knowing that we've got that money coming, that we also start doing some stuff before that, right? Like I think the academy systems, we've got to get back in. We've got to have bona fide academies across all of our super rugby franchises, men and women start mm. to really develop these players coming through that so that at 2027, 2029, our world cup, um, representatives are going out there having the best pathway and development that they could have possibly had. And yes, it might cost us, it might make us hurt a little bit in the coffers leading into it, but knowing that we're going to get that money at the back end, uh, after hosting these two world cups as well, like you say, um, British and Irish Lions, we've also got the World Cup next year as well. How good would it be if we're hosting the Rugby World Cup in 2027, having been, dare I, dare I dream? Don't do it. Don't yeah. say Ooh, it. Should I? Go on. Back to back. <laughs> Get out of it. Get out of <laughs> Mate, it. Mate, we can dream, right? One this, can this dream. Is, this is what hosting the Rugby World Cup is all about. Yeah, you know, dream. Big dreams. Big dreams. And, big and dreams. for young boys and girls and fans and super fans like you to have dreams and maybe have that's them fulfilled. It. Yeah, yeah it's, that's right. One can dream, Drew. Well, guys, if you want to, if you want to text in, if you've got a question for Drew and some of his dreams, 0457 736 736. This is the Show and Go on SEN with Jimmy and Drew. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to the Show and Go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and Drew Mitchell. Drew Absolute star we have on the line now from down at the ACT Brumbies. I know he's one of your favourite players too. Yeah, that's right. We've got Alan Alatar on the on the line. Alan, thanks for joining us on Sunday, mate. No, no, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. No, good, mate. Well, firstly, mate, I just wanted to see how you pulled up after that uh, that blockbuster on Friday night against the Crusaders. You feeling all right? Yeah, mate. Just just the usual, mate. Pretty sore. Um, 
but you know, probably the hearts more so than anything. Um, you know, it was a tough game, physical match. Um, but yeah, we, there's a lot of learnings for us as a group as well. Have you guys um, had the chance to meet, or will you do that on Monday after that game? No, nah, we'll do that on Monday because um, it was a Friday game. We've been giving off um, the weekend, which has been good for a lot of the boys just to get away and uh, spend a bit of family time. Um, but then, yeah, our, our week starts tomorrow. Um, yeah. We've got a game on, on, on Saturday against the Blues. Yeah, you just mentioned there there's a lot of learnings that came out of it. Without having that analysis that has happened just yet, what, what are your initial thoughts in terms of where that game was sort of lost for you guys? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we attacked really well. Um, but then, but then when we got down their end, we just we just made too many mistakes. Um, you know they they you know work work well with their strip. Um, you know a couple of boys knocked it on, um, and or, or or that was ill disciplined. You know so when we got them on the ropes, we just failed to knock them out because of our uh, simple mistakes. You know so probably that was our 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 biggest learning. You know you just can't afford to make. Too many stakes against, um, you know, quality outfit like Crusaders and especially this weekend against the Blues as well. Hey, Alan, it's uh, it's a, a team that down at the Brumbies at the moment that has been, I suppose, developed over a little bit of time and you're really starting to see the fruits of some some players who you've developed down there in Canberra, uh, your Lonigan brothers and the likes that are really hitting their straps. Is that the feeling down there from your perspective as captain that these guys that were once young players and coming through the, the development systems, uh, they're starting to mature into, you know, hardened super rugby players now. It doesn't feel that way down at the team for you? Yeah, it does. Um, you know, I think, like, something that we pride ourselves on here is just, like, the whole squad effort and and the depth, um, you know, of our squad. And obviously, like, we've had a number of injuries throughout the year, but, um, you know, as, as Dan always lose to you know it's just no excuse so like the next bloke has to come up and step up and do the job for the boys you know and I think what we saw last year was um it was actually like probably the first time a lot of our young blokes got to verse the Kiwi side and um you know from out, out of last year we we won one out of five games you know against the Kiwis so I think like that was a a, a great learning for our squad and probably actually contributed a lot to where we stand on the ladder at the moment um, so a lot of those boys got their first taste of, you know, that high intensity, you know, of last year of versus the Kiwis. And, you know, obviously what we were doing last year wasn't good enough. So that was probably our greatest learning and probably a good experience for them. And, you know, like what we're seeing now is that a lot of the boys are, you know, performing really well. And like, especially like the younger lads who you've just touched on, you know, like the London, like, like the London brothers or Tom, Tom, Tom Hooper, for, for, for example, there too. Yeah, I thought Tom Hooper was really good in the uh, in the absence of Rob Valentini. So you, you mentioned a couple of injuries, two two of to speak of on the weekend. Uh, Valentini was out, and also Noel Olasio, two guys that have been pretty integral to your success so far this season. Is there any chat around when they might be back? Oh, just unsure yet. Um, we're hoping that Noel will be back soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Rob's still out for a couple more weeks. So. Uh, which 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 is unfortunate, but um, yeah, like like we saw with Tom Hooper, man, I think his stats were crazy. He he had something like eleven carries and sixteen tackles, and you know, like probably a high percentage of those were were dominant as well. You know, so he gets through a lot of work hoops. Um, you know, probably was our best player on the ground. So um, yeah, we we're definitely missing those two. But like I said before, um, you know, like the next bloke has to step up and. You know, just back himself to do the job, which you know we saw in the weekend. So, 
Just uh, touching on uh, Rob Valentini there um, and with casting an eye towards the the, the Wallabies series, one, how good is he going? I mean, he is just having physical dominance wherever he goes in terms of defence and attack. But two, Alan, you must be looking forward to to facing the English team and and what are your feelings about that series? Yeah, mate. mate, like Robbie was in some form, eh? He was probably our best player throughout the year. Um, and like what we saw, probably what he's brought into his game is his kicking, you know, which was a shock. Yeah, yeah. And his kick chase as well. And, what about that? Yeah, yeah I know, mate. I didn't know he had that pace on him too, you know. So, he's putting his hand up he, for playing a wing. Yeah, I know, mate. Which is, you know, like he's, so, he's showing good variation in his game, which which is awesome, you know. And, um, you know, hope, hopefully, you know, he, he, he can continue to bring that in you know, for the English series, which I know is going to be huge for us. Like, um, you know, we, we've we've spoken about it already as a Wallaby group when 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 we first met. Of, um, you know, like probably that game we we played last year, we probably thought that um, you know we were on top of them for ne- ne- nearly the whole match, but then just just that ill discipline let us down. So, um, I think uh, for, for for us as a Wallaby group, like. It's so exciting because we know how how good we can be when we're on, um, you know. So I think like that series is going to be huge, and especially being at home, like um, like I know that the boys are keen. Um, if, if, even the coaching staff, like they're all just sitting around at the moment, just waiting to get their hands on the lads, you know. So yeah, uh, but it's exciting times, man. Boys can't wait. Well, speaking of uh, hosting countries here on Australian soil, what about the news throughout the week? that uh, Australia is going to be hosting the Rugby World Cup 2027 and the Wallaroos Women's World Cup in 2029. Now, I know you've probably got your, you know, in terms of World Cups, you've got an eye on next year's one, but what about that for news for the, just the game here in Australia to, to be hosting those two World Cups? Mate, it's so special, eh? It's like so special for our country too, you know. If you're like a young boy or girl aspiring to play rugby, you know, like this is what you dream for. Um, you know, to go to those games live, especially at Rugby World Cup, you know. So I think it's it, it, it's awesome that, you know, we're, we're, we're hosting the men's and the women's in 27, 29, and also, like, 25, we've got the British yeah. and Irish Lions series here too, you know. So that's, like, it's going to be huge for us, you know. So I think it's definitely exciting, um, you know, for us as players too, you know, just to really get excited by that. And, um, you know, the, the, the amount of support that the boys will get from being at home is going to be huge, you know. So, mate, excited and hopefully we all get the opportunity to play. Yeah, I was going to say that, mate. With uh, What about you? you? You're still going to be around playing at 2027? We going to see Alan out there? Yeah, well, I hope so. <laughs> so do we. So, I'll be doing everything I can to <laughs> Oh mate, how good, how good! It's it, it's uh, it, it's a huge win, and and uh, I mean it's it's massive for for Australian rugby. And we 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 were just speaking before, Alan. Let's hope that you know we 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 use that money and and, and those funds in the right areas of the game, mate. Um, with an with an eye ahead for you, uh, what what are you are you keen to, to finish your career here in Australia? There there hasn't been any conversations to look overseas where. You know, there's such a high demand for for top front rowers, and no doubt these have have landed on your desk before. But um, yeah, you you keen to, to to finish your whole career here here in Australia before looking overseas, or is that something that's on the table for you? Oh, well, I think like like if you're honest, like it's always um, you know on the table. Like if um, you know if you're fortunate enough, like you get offers from 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 you know overseas, but. Um, you know, for myself, I'm 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 contracted here till till next year, and you know, obviously, uh, as, as we've just touched on, like we've got the Lions series here in 25, and then 
another world, a home World Cup, you know, and those things like when when you're growing up as a young Australian, um, those are the other events, you know, or the games that you dream of playing, you know. So, like I think like that passion and and all, and, and and also giving back to my club is also probably at the front of my mind, and um, you know, just being grateful for the opportunity that that Brumbies have given me, and always and and, and always paying back to them. So. But I, I think definitely with the 25 in mind and, um, you know, the British and Irish Lions series and then the home World Cup, you know, you're probably, as a player, that's always in the back of your mind when you when you make big decisions. So. Well, mate, especially when your brother's over there playing for Leinster and did some pretty handy work last night in the Champions Cup against Toulouse. What's, about, what's, what's he had to say about his experiences overseas and is it uh, maybe something he's trying to lure his brother over there as well? <laughs> mate, he loves it, eh? He loves it. I think... Um, he loves just Leinster as a club. Like he, he can't really complain, mate. He's gone from Crusaders and now, and, yeah. and now he's at Leinster and he's bloody playing in a grand final. So and he's gone from earning New Zealand like, dollars um, to euros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's laughing. Um, but like, yeah, I think he was, he was meant to come off the bench last night, and then um, I think Taj Furlong got got injured in the first yeah. ten minutes, so he ended up playing most of the game. But yeah, he's he's. His family really enjoy it, and um, you know, speak 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 highly of Dublin. And I think like what, like the big part of that enjoyment comes down to you know like winning, and you know, yeah, and, and, and then obviously yeah. if your family's happy too, you know. So um, yeah, I think if you were to go overseas, like the clubs you pick are very important for you know. Well, obviously for myself, I've got a little family now, so I just got to make sure that if, if that was an option, then that you're thinking of them and where they're going to be happy too, you know. So. Absolutely. But overall, mate, he's 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 really enjoying it so far, and um, yeah, hopefully he gets a W in the final. Unsure of who he's playing yet. I think that second game is on today, mate. Yeah. Oh well, Alan, thank you so much for your time here this morning, and uh, I hope the body uh, rests up and gets ready for another another week at it next week. Really appreciate your time on ACN on the show and go. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Al. Cheers, mate. This is the show we go on SEN with Jimmy and Drew. We'll be back right after the news. And welcome back to the show and go with uh, Drew Mitchell here and myself, Jimmy Galvin. And uh, Drew, it's time for the Super Rugby Wrap. Now, a big weekend in rugby. Yeah, huge. What was, it, what was the standout game of the weekend for you? Uh, look, I think the one we're all looking forward to was that one on Friday night, the Brummies and the Crusaders. Um, you know, second and third on the on the ladder. Um, and look, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty good game. I think we probably, I think since the Waratahs beat the Crusaders, um, they probably poked the bear a little bit and we've yep. seen the, the two results off the back of it. Not so much the results, the performances off the back of that. We're starting to see what the Crusaders are, are genuinely made of. And I've been really impressed with, uh, Scott Robertson, their, their coach, um, speaking to them on our broadcast on Stan after each game. <clears throat> Just uh, well, one he's just love for for rugby and and just sort of being around it. And he he spoke about how he went to the um, the rugby luncheon down there in the Brumbies and the Hall of Fame inductees and just how much um, the Canberrans love their rugby. And you could just see how much he loves it as well. The way he spoke, spoke. but it was more about just um, the response that he was looking for from his from his team. And and he certainly got that in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, I mean. The Crusaders are just too good. You got Will, Will Jordan's just in fantastic form. I'm really loving the way that he's playing at fullback, but steps up in number ten jersey or number ten position, first receiver, and his kicking game's been phenomenal. Just picking the times and the moments to find grass behind, turning the Brumbies around, making them work out of their own twenty-two a lot of the time on on Friday night. 
Um, he was always just kicking for outcome, whether it was short little contestable grubbers, high balls, uh, kicking long for grass or into touch. I thought he was exceptional. And I think just the way he reads the game um, is probably up there with probably one of the better in the world. Um, yeah, yeah. Because, he, he, I mean, he just finds his way over the try line. And that's just not because um, they're easy tries. And some of them look easy from just watching, but he just puts himself in those positions. A lot of other players just aren't there to finish those. Um, and that's just – it's testament to the way he sees the game and why it, it, it he watches it sort of unfold and play out and – yeah, and the way he, he positions himself to to take advantage of it. Is he starting 15 for the All Blacks for you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, look, Geordie Barrett's been moved around a little bit. I think um, they, they played him at inside Yeah, he was 12 last point. night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, he started at 12. He was yeah. still kind of defensively a lot of the time was in the backfield um, bringing it back, but largely at 12. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say um, Will Jordan, without a doubt, would be the fullback for the All Blacks. And where do you put Bowden then? Uh, he might play that that position off the bench if Richie Mwang has got the ten jersey. That, that is just you know, insane. The ten fifteen. I, I think it's one of those things where you've got to play players in form. Um, and J- Will Jordan is exactly that. I think he's been there long enough now, and he's and he's main, he's been able to maintain, if not improve, his form throughout that period. So um, he's done everything he can to to get that position. Um, I, I, you can't put. I don't think you can put Bowden Barrett back there again after not playing there all throughout Super Rugby Pacific. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things you've got to play people in position. Uh, Friday night, Highlanders versus Force, uh, 61 to 10. Yeah, we kind of went trimmed there. over that one pretty quickly. But yeah, yeah. I think look, it did, was, you, did you think we got away with that? Did, well, did, you think, look, did you think we were going to leave that to the side, did you? Yeah, look, I, I just... It's a shame. It, it is a shame, right? And I always think the, the Highlanders were always a little bit underrated because they were sitting low on the, on the competition ladder, but they'd lost seven of... The, however many games they played out of the 10 games or something within seven points. Mm. So like they were there or thereabouts and they were playing quality opposition, obviously the Kiwi teams over there. So it wasn't a true reflection. If you looked at them in the ladder, it wasn't a true reflection of their form. And now what we're seeing is them actually putting those performances together against teams that um, at the moment, the force just aren't up to it. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be quite interesting when you see Simon Cron come to the fold next year, but also to see, what players he's going to bring over to the force. They've obviously got a bit of a war chest with, with Twiggy Forest. Well, they've still got to there. be under the salary cap. So they've yeah, got a war chest. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might go back to the firepower days where you maybe play outside of that, that, that salary cap and then it comes back to bite you. But we don't have to keep mm-hmm. bringing that up. But, have to go there. Um, but I, I think what it is, look, we're, we're starting to see some players from other franchises make their way over there. Um, Falau guys, I think he's going over to – the uh, Western Force, there's rumblings out of the Queensland Reds. And I know that they've been denied a number of times, but they continue to happen. So there must be something there. And it may not be a collective. It might just be a couple of players that are, are unhappy. And, they, they, you know, there's a few players sort of starting to shop around for, for other teams as well. So there might be some uh, some big names heading that way. And then when you go to a, um, a coach like Simon Cron, and now look, I've never been coached by him, but I've um, spoken to the boys that, that were, and they were really disappointed when he left the Waratahs when mm. they weren't able to keep him there. Yeah. Um, they, they pretty much dropped the ball on that one, really, back, back in those times. But um, only because they, they, they held him in such high regard. So um, he's also been over there and under the tutelage of uh, Steve Hansen as mm-hmm. well. So he's he's uh, he's got all the, the makings to be a great coach, um, and hopefully he's got the cattle to, to be able to go out there and, and execute that. But 
in the immediate term, the Western Force have got a lot to do to turn things around. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it, it's it's now crunch time for them to be able to show a little bit of ticker for for Tim Sampson and the coach that's outgoing, and uh, and, really and for themselves them. as well. Yeah. You know, like everyone's, you know, they're all pr- like they're all proud, right? Like it's a, it's yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a living. Like they want to go out there and 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 perform. It's just obviously not clicking for them at the moment, and they've, you know, it's just one of those things. Maybe you're going to be out skilled. You might be uh, out played tactically, but you just, you can't be out enthused. Those little things, the non-skill areas, you shouldn't be the last one up off the ground. You, you've got to get back into the defensive line. You've got to offer up in the attacking line. Those little things that don't require any talent or any skill, it's just effort. And those those are the questions they've got to ask themselves when they're in the, in the deep dark hole of the, uh, the cardio beast. The abyss. Uh, <laughs> An interesting result for me was the Fijian draw 34 over Moana Pacifica. Uh, I wasn't expecting that result. I thought Moana, after their efforts last week at Mount, Mount Smart against mm. the, the Tars, would have probably rolled the, the draw. Um, yeah, interesting interesting outcome, that. Yeah, and also it was a great um, occasion, the first game between the two new um, franchises new franchise in the Super Rugby Pacific and, you know, a really great sort of start to that game as well with um, – you know, the, the cultural representation at the start of that game, which was fantastic. It's just great to see Sakopi Kepu lead that for the Moana Pacific men. And, uh, you know, just, um, you know, I'm really, really happy with, with uh, the opportunity Keps has got. But, you know, he came home and effectively retired. He was playing a bit of club footy over there in New Zealand. And now he's found himself um, captain of a, a brand new franchise representing his people, but also, um, you know, many people throughout the Pacific. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy for Keps, but I, I also probably didn't see this one coming either. I, I quite fancied the uh, Moana Pacifica after what they were able to do to the Waratahs, at least in the first half last week. Uh, the, sorry, the week before. But uh, Fiji and Drua, they were just too good. They've got so much firepower. It's always just about um, not getting um, put to the sword whenever they turn the ball over like they probably have been in previous weeks. And, and maybe they were, um, they were able to get away with it a little bit more against Moana Pacifica. A disappointing result with the Blues getting up over the Reds, 53 to 26. But the Blues, um, I think they're probably the benchmark this season, would you say? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, through results, absolutely. They've, they've almost sewn up uh, top spot um, in this year's draw. So they'll probably more than likely finish up in, in that number one position, get the easiest route through um, the first week of the finals. They're, they're they're in good form, man. Like speaking, uh, hearing sort of Leon McDonald speak after the game, and just the way he's how happy he is with the way that Bowden Barrett, um, Stephen Perifetta, fullback, and also Finlay Christie, just the way those yeah. three men are just steering the team around. They know that they've got firepower everywhere across the field, but it, you've still got to get your your team in the right positions. You've got to get the um, the ball in the right areas and set up the opportunities for those players. And those three players are doing exactly that. And they even think maybe. Perifetta is playing his way into an all-black jersey, or at least an all-black really? squad. Yeah, they're talking about him being that 10-15 um, role as well. So it depends, obviously, what happens with the 10 jersey and Bowden mm. Barrett and Richie Mwanga. Because if Barrett gets it, maybe it will be a Perifetta because they've got that combination. Um, and also because he can play fullback, Richie is only an out-and-out 10. So it depends on what happens that 10 jersey. But what I'm more to the point, these guys are just in great form and yep. and doing a job for the Blues. And they did... A, a really good job and uh, over the Reds uh, on the weekend. The Reds just have they've really dropped off in the last sort of four weeks. Yeah, yeah, they have disappointingly, and and it's it's been a shame to see, and and it's just it's been a sign of the lack of depth, maybe just well, in depth, those key, but also I, I, 
it's also coincided with a lot of these rumblings that have been coming out of it. No, but it has though. Like, I know, so, yeah. and, and, and it might not be that that's the case, right? Like, like I said, it could, it might not be that, um, Brad you, Thorne's lost the yeah. locker room. It could just be a couple of players that are disgruntled because you're not getting time or you're not getting picked or whatever the case may be. But sometimes you just can't completely switch off that external noise yeah. and all those sort of things. When people like us and people in coverage and media and journalists are always asking about it, it just creates this sort of undertone of uncertainty and doubt. And then you start thinking, oh, are people unhappy or whatever it might be? But it's, it's more about a form thing, but it's also – Perhaps coincidence, maybe more than coincidence, that's been around this sort of the time this, these sort of things have been coming out as well. We'll touch on the Tars Hurricanes game with Charlie Gamble after the break. And uh, before we do that, just the, the Rebels versus the Chiefs today at 2 p.m. Uh, I'm... I, I hope I hope to see a a, a bit of, a bit of fight here, but I, I I wouldn't be putting money on the Rebels, Drew. Yeah, look, th- this was going into last night's game. Uh, the Waratahs were one or two points competition points behind the Chiefs on the ladder. So in between that fourth spot, right? So it was a huge one last night for the Waratahs to try and get over the Hurricanes um, to get the, a home final potentially to stay in at least uh, put some pressure on the Chiefs. They obviously need the Rebels to play ball as well and, and help them out there, but I don't know if they're going to get too much help from the Rebels. Yeah. Um, after not, last night's loss from the Waratahs, they really need the Rebels to st- really step up and, and do one for the Aussie teams and, and beat the Chiefs so it leaves uh, the Waratahs still with some chance of um, of getting through into the finals or hosting a home final. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think if you're looking on form, the Rebels are going to be in for a pretty tough afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will be back. After the break with the moustache man himself, <laughs> New South Wales, uh, absolute legend this season, Charlie Gamble. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the show and go on SEM with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Drew, a big game last night out at Leichhardt Oval. Yes, you, you probably heard me very vocal in the stands. Disappointed at the end, but you know what? It was a tight game, and a lot of people wrote off the Waratahs going into tomorrow night, uh, no, uh, to, night. To, to last night. But uh, look, a, 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 a strong performance, and we're now joined by the absolute gun from the Waratahs this season. Looks like he's having so much fun out there at the moment. Welcome to the show and go, Charlie Gamble, mate. Happy Sunday morning to you. Hey, lads. How are we going? Thanks for having me. No worries at all, mate. How's the body pulled up from today? Pretty tough game out there last night at Leichhardt. Yeah, obviously the body's a bit sore out there. Almost another 80-minute shift. Um, yeah, just more disappointed than anything. Uh, we obviously put ourselves in a pretty handy position to come out with a win, but, yeah, just couldn't cross the line in the end. So, yeah, a bit disappointed, um, yeah. Yeah, mate, it almost looked like half-time was the worst thing that could have happened for you guys. You just had so much momentum going into that break, and then it, just coming out of it, uh, the urgency that the Hurricanes brought probably looked like at least that it sort of shocked you guys. And and that first 15, 20 minutes of the second half was almost a mirrored reflection of the first where everything was going your way. You're getting scrum dominance. You're getting scrum penalties and had them under a lot of pressure. And then in that second half, it was sort of uh, the the Hurricanes' turn. What was said at halftime, uh, you know, from Coach Darren Coleman, and what was the message going into that second half? Yeah, I guess unfortunately that's just kind of a picture we've shown all season. You know, we've gone into halftime a few times now with a quite handy lead, and you know, like you said, we dominated basically that whole forty minutes. Um, mate, they, DC basically told us, you know, these boys they haven't even thrown a punch at us yet. Um, yeah. We knew exactly they were going to come out and. Um, you know, rev it up. Um, that's just, you know, what all good sides do. They come back and respond pretty well. And, yeah, unfortunately, 
they did that the first 20 minutes. They just out-muscled us, and we were a bit flat. And then as soon as they got that momentum, it was pretty hard to stop. And then, yeah, it just kind of went on from there. Charlie, it's it's your second year in the Waratahs setup, and it, this year just seems to have been uh, – it, it, you, you've just risen to the cream of the crop, mate, with that game time with hoops coming back, uh, you know, a bit later in the season and having a, a rest. How are you enjoying life in Australia? And, mate, how long is it until we uh, we know if you're eligible for the Wallabies? <laughs> yeah, mate, I, honestly, I've been loving it. Um, like I've said in a, a couple of interviews I've done in the past, like, mate, I'm just grateful – for the opportunity and you know I'm like lucky for me but obviously not very good for hoops but just with his little injury that he had um spring tour just gave me a wee door um open door and you know the coaches backed me and I just kind of went with it and you know I've been lucky enough to just hold my spot and you know contribute to the team and um yeah I've been loving it and mate Sydney is a good place um been here four years now um yeah eligible start of next year so um you know i'm not looking that far ahead <laughs> but, but uh you know just got to nail down you know my role and just keep going well with the boys so now, um yeah so well, i focus on it i understand you're, you're you're quite a humble fella but this is a time to sort of talk yourself up like you've you've come through <laughs> no, you've come through the crusaders um pathways you came over played a bit of subbies down at east and now you've just like you've your games just come on in leaps and bounds in the last few years. It seems, at least for us, sort of, you know, haven't been able to um, be privy to, to your your entire sort of pathway to get to this point. So, where have been the biggest improvements in your game over the last few years? You think that's got got you to this position, and and not just in the position, but in in you know, in many ways, dominating the position. Yeah, I think for me, it's you know, like any player, you know, as soon as someone gives you the opportunity and you you know, you know you're comfortable in that role, um, you know, I just felt like. The more games I've played, the more comfortable I've been, and I've always known I've had the ability to play Super Rugby. Um, and yeah, obviously at the moment I feel like I'm doing really well. Um, you know, I find myself to be obviously strong at the breakdown and you know contact area, and um, I don't mind carrying the ball either. So you know, it's been pretty easy for myself. A lot of the boys have been stepping up this year, and it's just made obviously my role pretty easy. Mate, you're you're standing out on the field, but also off the field become quite the cult figure with well, obviously your, your moustache and your dashing good looks, but also your, uh, your choice of, of outfit rolling into training at some point as well. You become, what, what's going on there? Talk us through the, the, the fits that you guys have. Uh, you know, I think it was last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend, maybe going into rolling into, uh, into Leichhardt. Just some of that, that fashion was outstanding. It was good. Gangster. <laughs> yeah. The, well, as I'm photographer. He basically said, you know, before the captain's running into Crusaders, like, why don't we come in have like the NBA players and NFL players do before game, you know, yep. try to be swaggy and just, you know, do something different. And yeah, I went, I went like, all out as, you know, you kind of see. And um, yeah, did, did you a, have a leather, a from it. <laughs> did you have a leather Mighty Ducks jacket on? No, or, the Oregon Ducks. Oh, Oregon Ducks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've actually had that jacket for a couple of years. I haven't even worn it once. So I was like, man, this is the perfect time to come off. <laughs> and, crack. and yeah, it turned out all right. But, and it's, it's turned out to be a, a Where's Charlie uh, on on the Waratahs um, social, just superimposing you into the, onto the to fill the hill. It must be great to play in front of that that crowd at Leichhardt. Uh, Matt, yeah, honestly, Leichhardt has been a, a bit of a fortress for us this year. And you know, every game that we've played there throughout the year, you know, more people have come along and believed in us and wanted to support us. So, mate, yeah, obviously that crowd last night was crazy um, to play in front of that. Disappointing that we couldn't obviously give the give them result, but 
um, yeah, just happy that, you know, New South Wales is back and, um, you know, backing us and hopefully we can turn on a few performances in the future. Well, it's a, it's, it's a big, uh, big one next week over at Forsyth Bar against the Highlanders, mate. Going to be a big challenge. At least you've got uh, – it's, it's all indoors. At least you know what the weather conditions are going to be like. Uh, mate, must be looking forward to um, getting over there and getting back on the, on the pitch next week. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, coming off a loss like that just makes you a bit more hungry. And, man, the Highlanders have been turning on the last three or four weeks. Um, you know, they had a pretty rough start to the season, but I think they've won three or four on the trot now, so – they're looking dangerous and somewhere that's always quite tough to play. And we know it's a big university um, town and, you know, we'll probably get thrown a bit of abuse and chat from the crowd, but, you know, it's all part of it. Um, but, yeah, um, super excited to bounce back. Just got to recover now and, you know, get our minds back in the game. Good on you, Charlie. Well, mate, I'm sure we'll be running into you down on the Bondi Promenade sometime soon on a walk, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you boys need to walk a bit faster. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Congratulations on a fantastic season so far, and thanks for coming on the show and go. Thanks, lads. Thanks, thanks for having me. That's Charlie Gamble from the New South Wales Waratahs there. This is the show and go on SEN. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to the show and go, Drew. We have some rugby games coming up, not just this afternoon at 2pm, the Rebels versus the Chiefs, which will be a good one. But as we look ahead to next week, we have the Crusaders versus the Fijian Drua on Friday night. I think that's going to be a bit of a tough one for the Drua, but uh, they did get on. They did beat Moana Pacifica. Uh, the Reds versus Moana Pacifica at home in Brisbane. Let's hope we can see them uh, turn a few things around on Friday night. We've also got the Chiefs versus the Force uh, on Saturday afternoon at 2.35. What else have we got, man? Yeah, then we go into the Hurricanes playing host to the Rebels over there at 5 o'clock our time, and then... Uh, Brumbies versus the Blues. That'll be a big one. Saturday night, 7.45 Eastern Standard. Uh, that's a huge game there for the Brumbies and the Blues. And then wrapping up the weekend's play on the Sunday afternoon game, one thirty-five. Highlanders playing host to the Waratahs. Huge, yeah. huge week of rugby. And another great week in the studio with you, Drew. Always like my Sunday mornings with you, Jimmy. Oh, what a pleasure. This is the show and go on SEM with Jimmy and Drew. We'll see you the same time next week.